from M. Looking for some perspective. We have been looking at selling and moving for the past 12 months as we have outgrown our tiny home. Now, I don't know if it's a tiny home or a tiny home. <laughs> tiny home. <laughs> problem is, we live in Perth and house prices have gone up significantly. I think you'll find that's a problem everywhere on this island. <laughs> While available listings have continued to go down, houses are often under offer within days, way above asking price. Fortunately, we would make a decent return on our current home for the same reason. However, our mortgage would still go up considerably. Given how crazy the market is and the fact we would only be moving to upsize, which is a luxury, not a necessity, would you continue to wait not knowing what comes or mm. bite the bullet and go for it? And Em's just asked for some um, insight from the Facebook group, but where to go when you want property insight? Ding, ding, ding. It's Jonathan Lepidjo. Right. Good, good question, M. Getting some perspective on this in the Perth market, and it is red hot, by the way, over there in Perth. So I get. Oh, it, it is like so. Hot. Australia is hot, but are you saying Perth is actually hot, hot, hot? Yeah, relatively like not, speaking, not just the barometer, thermometer. It's uh, yeah, it's it's days on market extremely. Like properties are running out the door um, very quickly. So yeah, and it has been down for a long period of time. So the local Perthites. Um, are not maybe used of um, such intensity. So there's a lot of um, screaming and moaning and stressing over there at the minute. So I suppose there's two parts of this that I want to address. One is the market timing, and I'll get to that. And the second one is the statement that is a luxury, not a necessity. So do we need to upgrade the family home? She mentioned it's it's a tiny home, so we're growing out of that. Now, it may... She's and we'll, saying we'll, it, let's assume that it's not actually a, a caravan without wheels type tiny home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it is a house, but they're, yep. they're bursting at the seams a little bit. So at the same time, we're saying, okay, an upgrade would actually be a luxury. So there's an element that says we could actually stay here and it would still be okay. Um that's one part of it. So we need to work out, well, what's the next five to 10 years look like for us? How many kids have we got? Um, we, we said we've outgrown it, but how long are they going to be around for? And, and will we downsize in 10 years time anyway? Can we see ourselves through that time or do we actually need to upgrade? And usually when we upgrade, we're going to either a bigger uh, size of dwelling or a bigger block or a better location. All of that costs extra money as, uh, as she's mentioned. So understanding what your mortgage level is that you're comfortable with. So the mortgage at the moment is quite comfortable by the sounds of things, um, but she's saying our mortgage would still go up considerably. How much is considerably and does that put pressure on our lifestyle? If it does, is that worth it? Um, what are the highest priorities in our life? Is it living in a bigger house or is it being able to go on holidays three times a year and buy the kids toys and whatever that might be? So... That, that's the first part of this. Um, understand what your highest values are. Is it um, being able to handle a bigger mortgage but have a bigger home or to be comfortable and have a better lifestyle but put up with that smaller home? The market timing, Glenn. Mm. Continuing to wait, knowing, not knowing what comes or just bite the bullet. Now, let's think about things in our control. So what I've just spoken about, they're all things in our control. What do I want in life? What my mortgage repayments are? I can I can plan all of that. I with the decisions that I'm making. The market factors are mostly out of our control. 
right? We don't know what's going to happen in the next two years, 12 months, five years, 20 years, but we can look historically and say, well, okay, the Perth market, it had a boom 10 years ago. It's uh, most of the markets stayed reasonably flat in, in between in the last couple of years. It's uh, shot out of the gates and, and gone up significantly, most assets. So what do we do if we hold out? Well, as you've mentioned, Em, your property that you've got goes up in value, but the property you're trying to chase also goes up in value. And some cases goes up more because invariably it's a better asset in a better location or a bigger size block or whatever that might be. So you might be chasing your tail a little bit there. My thoughts would be control what you can control. Um, If you are looking to buy and sell in the same market, which is an example of that here, uh, we would want to do both reasonably quickly or, or successive and not just go and sell now and then think, oh, yeah, the market's going to drop in 12 months, so in 12 months' time I'll, I'll get back in then only to turn around and see there's been a 10% increase and all of a sudden we're, again, chasing our tail and we're five years behind. So if I'm going to sell my home now, most cases I would buy in that same heated market. I I take a win on the one side and maybe I take a little bit of a haircut on the other side. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I wrote a few things down. Uh, some of them are pretty similar to yours, but there might be some other considerations just to think about. I would probably first go to a mortgage broker and just do a bit of an assessment and have a bit of a scenario. And one of the questions I would be asking myself is, does all this service and do we have the situation to keep the current property and keep it and put a tenant in there and then go and buy somewhere to live in? Like, does that scenario stand up? Like, I don't know, might not, it might. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. The only thing I, I, in reading in this, our mortgage goes up considerably. So that property that they would be buying, they'd be using equity from the existing property, which would put a fair bit of mortgage stress, I would have thought. Yeah, but, well, and we, yeah. we don't want to use equity to buy a principal place of residence off our mortgage of the investment property. Yes, so um, they would have to have a large chunk of cash sitting aside as a deposit. Mm. If they've got that, yeah, it's a numbers game. Or then, uh, because this isn't urgent, you know, are we paying extra on the mortgage or is it an offset account? Well, if it's an offset account, just keep building cash. If you are paying extra on your current mortgage, stop and pay the minimum until you really work out what you want to do. Mm. That could be a thing. The other thing I wrote, similar, but I'll give it an actual percentage, uh, 30% of pre-tax income going to mortgage repayments is considered mortgage stress. And there's probably a lot of people that are paying over that at the moment thinking that would be nice <laughs> because we're, <laughs> we're paying over 30%. It used to be. But that's the kind of textbook, you're in mortgage stress. If your pre-tax income 
is 30% going to housing, right? Probably way out of touch for a lot of people, but that's just the definition. So what I would probably do is do the scenario where you get some servicing and numbers on the new property. And like you said, John, if it's 30 or 32% on the new property, well, yeah, it's probably doable, a bit less maybe, hopefully, uh, because sometimes with money, it can feel like things are tight. It can feel like things are out of control. But when you actually do a spreadsheet and do your budget, and I'm not saying Em hasn't done this, she sounds like she's switched on. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, no, no, it is fine. So there's that. The second thing around should we wait the time horizon to live in the next property. If there's no intention to sell within the next seven to 10 years and I can service the new mortgage and that lines up, I'm then moving to the next point of like, yeah, find something you're happy with and just go buy it. Does raise the question of bridging finance, which is a little bit riskier, um, but it's it's just something that some people like to entertain mm. in a market like this where they can sell their own property, their existing property pretty quickly generally mm. if it's half decent uh, and then have a little bit of a waiver period to be, mm. able, be able to go and find that other property. Yeah, and like in the perfect storm, like this whole thing isn't urgent. I made a note that because it isn't urgent, you can take your time and find the right place and maybe if you do find the right place, you can ask for a longer settlement Yeah. if the planets align and then, okay, we've done that and now we've got to sell our house and maybe be prepared for some bridging finance. But I wrote down use a buyer's advocate because getting properties that are not advertised on domain, on Google, on real estate, all the things you might save some real money and have a little bit more flexibility because they, the BAs might be talking with people that are, yeah, we kind of want to sell, we're in no rush. Yeah. And because you're not in a rush, things may happen, but it all goes back to the numbers. Make sure the new mortgage is well around that 30% or less of your household pre-tax income. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.